going to be in the book of James tonight. And uh, I count it a privilege that Pastor Tom would even ask me to, to teach for him. Uh, I do count it a privilege. And it's, uh, you know, I, I, I feel as I have to share, you know, again, two weeks in a row. I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I just thought, you know, maybe sometimes we don't think about that enough. I mean, you know, those kids, they're changed for life. I mean, they'll remember that. Some, I mean, the world will say, oh, they're kids or whatever, but they'll remember that. They'll remember, you know, and uh, I, that's just wonderful. That's what, 21, 22? So, like I said, we're going to be in the book of James tonight, and, and the kind of the the subject that I'd like for us to talk about, and, and James is going to, we're going to see what James has to say to us tonight, but it's really God's desire for us as believers to mature. And the way that he does that may or may not be necessarily the way that we would like for him to do that. But we're going we're gonna to kind of read through verses 2 through 8. But, you know, I think before I read, we would all agree that, you know, the world that we live in alone is, is trying. You know, the culture that we live in is trying. And that doesn't even come into play until you go in to take it more personal that we all have things, difficulties, trials, whatever, in our individual lives, whatever it may be, personal, financial, I mean spiritual, it doesn't matter. But we all have things, right, in our lives. And that's really what hopefully I can try to share a little bit of something tonight and, and uh, it'll be a help to us. But, uh, I, I, you know, I've said it before, this was for me. I mean, this was for me first because as I read and studied, I mean, and that's how it is. When we study, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it was for me first. And, uh, but uh, hopefully you'll get a little something out of it tonight. But I'm going to read in, in James, starting in chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, as I said, you know, when, when we look at this, and, and, and I know we, we always, I mean, I'll just say it, we, people say, oh, I don't want to talk about patience, you know, don't, don't pray for patience or whatever. But, but, I mean, we've all heard that, right? I mean, it's, it's been said, but, and of course that popped into my mind, but this is, you know, as, as, as I was kind of studying this. But um, God's purpose for trials in our lives is to grow us spiritually, okay? Now, we, I mean, we, let's just face it, we don't, if, probably a lot of times we'd say, Lord, is there not another way that I can grow, okay? But, and, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but to develop spiritual maturity in us, that's, that's what the purpose of difficulties are in our lives, okay, as believers. And there's four essential things, okay, and I underline these three words, we must do if... We're going to grow spiritually through life's trials and difficulties. Because the thing that I forget 
okay, is God is in control, okay? God placed whatever these things are that are going on in my life or your life, whenever they come and they go, he is the one who has placed them there, and there is a purpose for that, okay? And, and the purpose for that is for us to grow from it, okay? And like I said, we may not particularly like that, but this is according to his word. This is how we grow. So, number one, in verse two, he says, James tells us this, my brethren, count it all joy. Yeah, it's easy to read, is it not? It's easy to read, okay? I mean, I'm just being, I'm just being honest, okay? So, but, but I liked what, what uh, Warren Wiersbe said this, and I, and I like this. It says, outlook determines outcome, and attitude determines action. Now think about that. I mean, if you, if you think about that, it, it, it really is very short, few words, but it's pretty powerful. Outlook determines outcome, how we look at things, and attitude determines action, you know? If we don't look at things as being very good, then they're probably not going to turn out very good, okay? And if our attitude is sorry, then we're probably not going to have much level of activity or action around us, right, to do anything about it. So, I mean, I, pretty... So, but this is what it says in verse 2. He says, if you look real close at this, it says, my brethren, count it all trials... I'm sorry, count it all joy. When? He says, when? Okay, it says, when means expect them because they're going to happen. Okay, I mean, I know, we don't want to think about that, but I mean, but this is, this is what... God wants us to understand. So, you know, some are human, you know, difficulties, trials that come, which I mean being sickness, tragedies, disappointments, whatever they are. But some are because we're followers of Christ. And what I mean by that is because we're followers of Christ, he wants us to mature. He wants us to grow. And that's how he's going to grow us. So, um, you know, and, and we, when James says fall into there in the same verse in verse 2, it doesn't mean by accident, okay? None of this is by accident, okay? You, we don't just fall into, you know, an occurrence. God has all of this plan, okay? Whatever it is, whether it's, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's all for God. It's all for his purpose, okay? And really, his purpose, let me rephrase that. It's for his purpose to be moved upon us so that we mature. That's the key word, and I'll tell you, that's the word that kept... The Lord just kept bringing back to me and just, just pounding into my head. In other words, you know what? Maybe you're immature, Greg. Maybe you're not mature enough, Greg, and I'm not. Okay? Because mature is, it's a continual process. It doesn't mean I hit, a, I hit the mark one day 10 years ago and that's it. No. I mean, because every situation is going to be different. Every phase in life is going to be different. And God has laid all this out. I don't know what's going on tomorrow. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not asking for difficulties and trials, but in life, we know they're coming. I mean, if, if, we're, if we haven't just come out of one, big, small, anywhere in between, somewhere along the way, there's going to be more until he, until he either comes back and takes us out of here or he calls us out of here. So, right. and when we... Like James says, when we fall into, it means when we encounter. That's what he's telling us. When, because when we encounter them, he's saying encounter them, we've got to have the right attitude. 
Um, verse 3. Verse 3 says this, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And... Okay, sorry. So, you know, hang on a minute. I got a note here wrong. I'm, I'm rattled, sorry. You may be perfect. Okay. So count. So the key word, there, there's a key word in, let me find my, my verse here. I'm sorry. Verse 2, not verse 3. You know, I can't count. So he says count, all right? Like I said, you need to count. I need to count. Um, but the, the word count is, is a key word in verse 2, and, it, and it's something I think that we overlook. I mean, we, we look at this and we say, well, count it all joy when you fall into temptations. And we move right on and say, you know, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We, we, I think we just go by that. But the word count, it means to evaluate. It means to consider, okay, what's going on. Okay, it means, and it, it means to look at it because our viewpoint from the human side, and I liked what I read I read a story, in, in, in a, or an account, wasn't a story, and it was talking about when, and I thought too about, they were talking about when they make uh, rugs. But I thought when, when my grandmother, I remember my grandmother, she used to quilt. And from what I remember, it's been a long time ago, but from what I remember, as she was, as she was doing the quilt, the one side was always real pretty. I mean, all different, you know, whatever the pattern was, pretty colors. I mean, she did all kinds of them. But if you looked at the other side, it wasn't real pretty. I mean, it was like there was just knots and stuff hanging out, and I mean, it was all kind of frazzled looking on the other side. And you know, when we're going through trials, it's the same way. From our human perspective, we're just looking at it from one side. We can't see the other side. You know, I mean, it's, it's and, and you know, if I would have said something to her about her quilt, she would have said, well, you're not supposed to look at that side, you look at this side. Okay, well, a lot of times God's saying, look, you can't see my side yet. But I'll show you. But we gotta, we got to trust him because he's the one that's got the plan. He's the one that's, that's taking us through if, and he's the one that's trying to teach us something through it. So that's right. And, you know, look, we're human, okay? I mean, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that when something happens, I don't immediately raise my hands up and start shouting praise the Lord, okay? That's not reality. But what he's wanting us to understand is we have to understand why we are where we are. And, it's, and it's, we may not understand why, but we need to understand and keep in mind that who has put us where we are. He knows exactly where we're at, you know? And I mean, granted, when I, things that we've gone through, I didn't think I'd ever go through. And things that I still go through, you know? And one of these things that, some of these things we may live with till the Lord comes back. I don't know. But I get strength from him. I mean, I get strength from him. That's where my strength comes from. Without him, I don't have any guidance. I don't have any direction, okay? I don't have any faith. <laughs> I don't have any comfort in knowing that, hey, he's got this. And we all have to have you know, that. And it's not so much of saying trust. Again, we're talking maturity here. I think that's the key word. I think that's what I've always missed in these verses is the word maturity. That's what he, that's what he wants out of us. He wants us to grow. Okay, so... Um, so God sees the finished purpose. And you know, and, and our values determine our evaluations. If we live only for the present and forget the future, Leslie kind of hit on this, then trials will make us bitter and not better. You think about that. You know, if we get bitter, we're not growing. So the trials will either make us bitter or they'll make us better. Okay. So we've got to have a joyful attitude. Next thing we've got to have is an understanding mind. 
I was struggling with that already. I don't even know what verse I'm in. So. But, okay, verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your, patience, of your faith worketh patience. So, you know, faith is always tested. Okay, faith is always tested. God always tests us to bring out the best, and Satan always tempts us to bring out the worst. Okay, I mean, that's a fact. I mean, that's a fact of life. If you want a fact of life, that's a fact of life. That's, I mean, it's simple. So the, the, the testing of our faith proves, and this, is, this kind of stuck with me too, the testing of our faith proves that we're truly born again. Because, I mean, you think about it. I mean, if, if, if we profess that we're born again believers and we're going through difficulties and trials and we're not turning to God, then, I mean, we're not putting our faith we're not, we're not growing. We're not, we're not getting the maturity that he, that he wants us to get. So testing works for us and not against us. Okay? And I'll just read this verse real quick. Back in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says this. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. I mean, we've got to think, again, we've got to think of it from God's perspective. Because he's the one that's got control of my life anyway. You know, I mean, I'm sure he, number one, gets so frustrated with me. And, 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 you know, but then at the same time probably laughs at me because I get flustered and then think, well, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I know you're in control. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm in control. You don't have to tell me that I'm in control. But, I mean, but, but seriously, I mean, trials applied to our lives are to build, us, they're to build spiritual character in us. And you say, well, what, what, what's that mean? Patience endurance, and here's the thing, and the ability to keep going when things get, get tough. I mean, you know, the, look, things aren't real good right now. Even if, even if things are going good for you personally, the world that we live in, it is what it is. We just got to keep going. Just got to keep going. And um, he's, he, he's got us. You know, I, I tell you, I, I already listened to that message again. I listened to it, it was either, I think it was Monday night is when I listened to it again. Man, I'm telling you, that stirred my heart, I can tell you that. And, uh, but, uh, so endurance doesn't come. Here's the thing, we got, and this is really what, when we're talking about maturity, we've got to have some endurance. We've got to be able to keep going. If we can't keep going, then we're probably not going to get, we're not going to grow much, okay? But endurance doesn't come, you know, and sometimes I think, boy, it would be good if it did, from reading a book or listening to a sermon preached, Okay, or even pr from prayer. Now, all those things are good, okay, but we got to go through the difficulties of life, trust God, and obey Him. And that's how we're going to, that's how endurance really comes. That's how we get mature, and that's how we get maturity. There's no substitute for an understanding mind. And what I mean by that is there's no substitute for me, us, reading God's Word, studying it, and understanding it. Being able to apply it, okay? Because, because Satan can defeat... Here, here's, here's, think about this. Satan can defeat the ignorant believer, okay? If we say we're saved, but I never read my Bible, I only pray, hit and miss, maybe I hit church every now and then, but I say I'm saved, you know what? He, that's the one, those are the folks that Satan is after, that he's going to defeat. He already has defeated them. He already has defeated them. So... He can defeat the ignorant believer, but he cannot overcome the believer who knows his Bible and understands the purposes of God. Now, that does not mean, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, 
that we're going to understand why God's doing what he's doing. That's not what I mean. But we know that God is doing what he's doing, and we have faith and trust in him. That's, what, that's the difference. And the only way we know that is if, you know, I can't stand here. I, I can't live without this book. I'm not going to be, I can't stand for the Lord without his word. I mean, if, I don't, if his word doesn't get in me, I can't live for him. I can't live the way that he wants me to live. None of us can. Yeah, I mean, it's what the Bible teaches us. I mean, I'm only sharing what the Bible says, right? This isn't Greg's topic of the night, I mean, for sure. Because we wouldn't, I wouldn't be up here, we wouldn't have one, I can tell you that. But um, the third thing, we got to have, and, and, and I think about this, this, this one is, is big for me, I'll just be honest. And, and to me, this is a sign, I see myself that I've, that I've changed, over the years, I'll just put it that way. I hate to say that I've grown. I mean, I, may, I like to think I've grown, but I'm not, it's only through his, it's all him. But you, we gotta, I gotta have a surrendered will. I have to have, a, I mean, that's number three. We gotta have a surrendered will. God cannot build my character, your character, without our cooperation. Now you think about that. God can do whatever he wants, Okay, but God wants to, wants to grow us and mature us. He can't do that unless I'm willing to cooperate with him. Okay, now he can, he can make life really rough on us if we say, well, you know, I'm not going to do that or I don't want to learn that. That's not part of the lesson on that. I'm not going there. But if we submit to him, then he can accomplish his work. And his goal, again, is for us to mature. You know, God wants three things. He wants to do three works in every person. He wants to do three works in every person. Number one, saved and unsaved. Number one, he wants to do the work of salvation if, there, if somebody's not saved. Um, number two, once we're saved, God wants to work in us to conform us to his son. That's what he wants to do. That's what the Bible says. I think it's in Romans 8.29. You can check me out. Um, and number three, he wants to work through us. Okay, he wants to work through us. Um, and, and Ephesians 2.10 talks about we're to be his workmanship. We're created to be his workmanship. Okay? When he does the work of salvation in us, I mean, that work is complete and it's done. We didn't do anything other than ask. But the work that he wants to do in us, we've got to be willing to cooperate with him so that he can do that work in us. And that's really what, when we talk about maturity, that's what we're talking about. So, um, we got to surrender our will. I got to surrender my will over to him, and I have to allow him, I like this word, to wean us off the worldly things. And I like that word, wean. Because, you know, I, I think about, you know, like, you know, I think about, not that I have any, but, you know, cattle and horses and things like that, when they have little ones, especially cattle, after they get so old, you got to separate them from the mother. You got to wean them off. Why? Because they'll just they'll just sit there and just and just drain the mother dry, so to speak, and just living off the mother. Okay, they, that's not that's not good. Well, same way with us. You know, God's got to wean me off the stuff that tickles me. I'll put it that way. You know, that I enjoy, and not that I can't do anything I enjoy, but He's got to wean me off things for me to mature and to grow the way He wants me to. I mean. That's right. That's right. 
And man, that, when I was a young Christian, I mean, I didn't get it. I can remember that verse from way back, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it, okay? And I still don't get, okay? There's a lot I still don't get, okay? But at least I do get that. I mean, you know, we got to grow. You think, man, that was pretty simple, but I mean, we do. So number four. So let me, let me just kind of, we got to have a good attitude. We got to have a joyful attitude. We got to have an understanding mind. We got to have a surrendered will. Last one. We got to have a believing heart. And this is in verses five through eight. Um, and here, I'm going to read this again because listen to what James tells us here. He says, "For we, let me get back in the right book." In James, verse four, it says, "But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom." Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But listen to how he words this. And I, and I miss this too in times past. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For, and listen, this verse 7 is pretty strong. For let not that man think that he should receive anything of the Lord. I've definitely missed that one in times past. I can tell you that. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we got to have a believing heart. You know, we know as believers that to grow in our relationship with the Lord, that prayer, I mean, that's a key fundamental part of our life. Okay? And I mean, and that's one place where the Lord has shown me over the years that was an area I had to grow in, and I continue to need to grow in it. But, um, but you know, I, I thought how we tell people, you know, we hear that, that somebody's sick in their family and they share it with us, or they say that they have something going on, and we say, what's the first thing we say? I'll pray for you. Okay? I'll pray for you. So um, we say we'll pray for them, but then, but when it becomes personal, when it's my problem or your own personal problem, you know, that we're going through, and keep in mind, this is... Uh, the, the words that I came across were God-ordained difficulties. I mean, these are God-planned things. Okay? I mean, nothing doesn't just happen to us. God planned it. I mean, he's ordained all these things. Difficulties and not difficulties. But what should we, what should we pray about? When these things hit, what should we pray about? And I, I like the I like this saying, it said that, uh, it's been said that knowledge is the ability to take things apart, I can relate to this, while wisdom is the ability to put them back together. <laughs> so, I thought, yeah, man, Lord, I can, that's for me right here. I can, so, but you know, you think, because you think about it, we think about knowledge, I mean, there's educated fools, sorry, I'm just, I'm trying to be nice. There's educated fools all, all around us, okay? Um, but they can't make simple life decisions, okay? And we as believers are not supposed to have that problem because we're not relying on ourselves. We're not relying on the head knowledge that we have. So um, we need to pray. Well, let, me, let me ask that question again. What do we pray for, you know? And, I, and I'm, I do the same thing. I think, well, Lord, I need strength. I need grace. <laughs> I need deliverance. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, we've all prayed those prayers, right? But what is it that we're really supposed to pray for? What's James, tell James telling us here? He's telling us to pray for wisdom. That's what he's telling us to pray for. 
And what do we need? What do we need wisdom? We need wisdom. And this is, this is really, to me, this is the mature thing coming just right in the face. We need wisdom so we will not waste the opportunities God is giving us to mature. And I don't know about you all, but I kind of, I had to sit and chew on that one for a while. I mean, verse 5 tells us that God will never, he'll never scold us or discipline us when we ask him for wisdom. And I'd miss that too. It says right here, um, when he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. That's what that means. He's not going to, he's not going to judge us. He's not going to scold us for asking for wisdom, ever. He wants us to ask. Um, and verse 6 t- says this, says, tells us when we ask, we got to ask in faith, believing, trusting God completely. That's what verse 6 says. And um, if we don't have enough faith to trust God, that God's going to answer our prayer for wisdom, if we don't have enough faith that he's going to answer it, then we might as well not ask. I, I mean, I know that's... But I mean, honestly... If I don't have faith when I go to him, then why am I wasting my time going to him? I mean, um, in verses 7 and 8, I mean, I wrote down four words. Expect nothing, receive nothing. And that's exactly what he's telling us here. If you're not going to expect something, then I'm not going to give you anything. So, um, I know we're almost out of time. But if you look at verse 12, I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised, and listen to these, this is, this is the key, to them that what? To them that love him, and that's the key. That's really the key to all of this, is, you know, he, you know James didn't use the word trust, he didn't use the word obey, he used the word, those that love me. That's what, that's what he wants, he wants us to love him. And um, loves the spiritual motivation around everything we just talked about. Love for the Lord. It's, it's the whole thing. Um, it'll create the right attitude. It'll create an understanding mind. It'll create an under, a surrendered will. And it'll, and it'll create a believing heart. Real quick, think about Lot and Abraham. And, I, and I've never thought about this, but Lot was double-minded. Okay? I mean, think about it. Lot was, he, he, was a belie- he was a believer. He was saved, but he was double-minded. When trials came, he failed miserably. Why? Because I don't think that he had a secure love for the Lord. Okay? And then think about Abraham. Abraham loved God. He trusted God. And when the trials came, I mean, Abraham, had, he, he had to learn along the way. But when he got to, to maturity, when they came, he triumphed. And he matured in the faith. Love keeps us faithful to the Lord. That's the bottom line.